0: I used to ask myself a lot of questions. Scott, you're at X-Con. How are you an Avenger? That doesn't make sense.
1: But everywhere I go, people tell me the same thing. Thank you, Spider-Man. People still need help, Dad. That's why we made this. Like a satellite for deep space. But, quanta. Wait, wait a minute. You're sending a signal down to the quantum realm. Turn it off. Now! bonus episode there's already like seven million podcasts talking about pop culture and all that makes us happy like shooting at a warm brad but it's all been done before we don't want to be a copycat we're the leftovers picking up the scraps dropped by the cool kids it,
0: it, it's a trap
1: good to toss it, good it. do we love it hey let's make it some- it lets and breaks the Tupperware party Subculture over like a vulture Carryover, counterculture, over Pop culture Leftovers And with the uncool kids What's to say already been said Leftovers Pretty sure that the only talent Is the band that's singing this Pop culture Leftovers a Hello, this is Randall Park, and you are listening to Pop Culture Leftovers.
2: Hey, welcome to a bonus episode of Pop Culture Leftovers, where we are going to be talking about the Ant-Man and the Wasp Mania trailer. As always, I am joined by Jake. Welcome, Jake. Hey, thanks a lot. Can't wait to talk about this. And uh, we've got uh, Mr. Joe Stark here. Joe Stark from Starkcast Podcast. Welcome, Joe. Hey, stoked to be here. And finally joining the podcast, Dre Moore from Podcast Championship Wrestling. Welcome, Dre. Hey,
3: thanks for having me. Speaking of the mic
2: there, Dre. Get in there, buddy. I don't oh, know. He sounds a little. Down? Get Keep going. Okay. Okay. There we go. That's my guy. Um, Yeah, uh, we will also be dropping another bonus episode, uh, which is going to be possible Quantum Mania spoilers. So if you want to listen to this breakdown without those spoilers, that's what we're going to do. Just a breakdown. Um, Just so you know, I haven't read the spoilers yet, so none of those will affect your listening to this bonus episode where we strictly just break down the trailer um but uh, we're going to be diving into the breakdown here first thing that i do want to do though before we break it down is i actually want to play the audio from the quantum mania trailer that was shown at celebration and at d23 for those who haven't heard it or for those who don't remember it because we can kind of speculate a few things based off of that trailer and um, yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and play that now. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Do I miss the action?
2: Sometimes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Will I be there when the Avengers need me? Absolutely. But right now, the only job I want is being a dad. I love you, Cassie.
0: Thanks for being my hero.
1: And
0: for the rest of you kids out there, Word of advice. Look out for the little guy.
1: <laughs> Why is jail calling? Look, I get
0: it. I, I do, Cassie, I really do. You want to help. But I don't want you wasting your life.
1: At least we're trying to do something that matters. I literally saved the world. Did you? Oh, yeah, you've never mentioned that before. Everybody's got saved the world. How is that, funny, Scott? You should write a book about it. <laughs> You're welcome for all not being dust. You're interested in that, Scotland? You've lost a lot of time. But huh?
3: it isn't what you think. So straight line.
2: So that was audio from the D23 in Celebration. Well, that that was audio from the uh, Celebration trailer. The D23 trailer did have some extended dialogue from Kang that we didn't get in that one. But I did want to play it because some of those things might come into this conversation as we're breaking down the trailer. Trailer starts with uh, we get the Elton John song, Goodbye Yellow Brick Road. And if you're watching this trailer it very much feels like this movie the trailer uh, is very reminiscent of the wizard of oz itself in a lot of ways uh from them getting sucked into the quantum realm which is very reminiscent of the you know the tornado in that movie to them going to a strange new world with different creatures that look to be run by an outsider who also find himself uh trapped there and is looking for a way home very much like the wizard himself in the Wizard of Oz, we can kind of say that possibly here about Kang. So, a lot of Wizard of the Oz kind of theme going on in the trailer, and I'm sure in the movie as well. We see Scott uh, shots of Scott back in San Francisco, and now he's starting to get some of the fame that he was missing when we first saw him in Endgame. In Endgame, we remember that like the kids in the in the diner really didn't care that he's Ant Man, and they wanted to get their pictures taken with the Hulk now. He's being invited back to Baskin Robbins, the same one he was fired from, and um, is named Employee of the Century with a plaque on the wall. And um, that uh, the same guy invited him back, Dale. That was his boss that ended up firing him because of his criminal record. And then um, we also know from the unreleased Celebration and D23 trailers that he's on a book tour and that he has a popular podcast that goes over the details from Endgame. And this is how the public knows about what happened during that time. We saw that Kamala Khan listened to his podcast in Ms. Marvel. And um, we know that he's got a book that's out. It's called Look Out for the Little Guy. And, uh, of course, he's the one who reads the audiobook. So he's got some fame and he's eating it up here. And I think he feels since he's returned from the quantum realm... And he basically gave Tony the idea of time travel. And since they defeated Thanos, he's pretty confident and probably um, pretty unbearable to be around if you're a close friend of his. And um, I think he's going to be humbled by the end of this movie as he is probably going to be a big piece in releasing Kang the Conqueror into the MCU. I think that's exactly what's going to happen by the end. What do you guys think before we jump into more of this? What do you think? Like, what are the chances of Scott dying in this movie?
4: I don't think he will die. I think you're more on the lines of what's going to happen, where he's going to the public really likes him. And I think he's going to, like, basically take a downturn in what the public thinks. I think not only is he going to be responsible for bringing Kang upon us it's going to be very known to the general populace. I bet it's kind of maybe his arc here.
0: I like that because then instead of like an actual death of Scott Lang, it's like the death of his uh, popular persona.
3: Exactly. The death of his sales. Yeah, I'm kind of in agreement because I think if he does end up being the person who releases Kang out into the, you know, into our realm from the quantum realm and he's the cause of the big mess up, and you would think that he would have to have some sort of redemption or some some way to make amends for his mistake. So that wouldn't necessarily happen if he dies.
2: I get it. I I, I totally get it. I, I, I really think that that's probably the way that this movie is going to go. Do I think that that's the best route to go? I don't know. I honestly think like killing Scott Lang, if Kang kills Scott Lang. Scott Lang releases him. Scott Lang is killed. I think it's a bigger I mean, it, I think it's a.
4: Yeah, that's legendary. It's
2: legendary. It makes Kang a legendary villain. And I mean, it's not like, you know, you've got this guy dropping lines in the trailer, like, you know, in that D23 trailer, like, oh, you're an Avenger. Have I killed you before? Like, it makes that line really hit as opposed to just introducing a bunch of like new characters in the quantum realm in this movie and then having some of them die. Um, If you kill off like a main Avenger in Scott Lang, I mean, that's got some lasting impact. I personally think that with a villain like Kang and with Phase 4 not really kind of being my favorite phase in the MCU, that this might elevate it, bring some stakes into it, man. And I think, like, by the end of this, if Scott does die, as sad as it is, I think it would make an incredible fucking movie.
3: That's
0: valid. That's valid. I mean, having the loss of such a beloved character would give that punch. I just wonder if the Disney Studios is willing to pull the trigger on such a likable character that's still got a lot of longevity. Um, it, It feels like if they were to want to do a death in this movie, maybe maybe Hank Pym would be the more likely candidate though. I do agree with you that Scott Lang's death would have a much more emotional punch than Hank Pym.
2: Yeah. I'm not saying it should happen. I'm not saying it's going to happen or should really happen. I'm just saying if it did happen, I think it, this, it makes this movie like, like a must watch, like, wow. Um, I don't know. It, it's one of those things. And I think it just, oh, I think, I think it brings the MCU back like big time, in my opinion. I I know we're going to get Black Panther Wakanda forever before this. And I know that movie is probably going to be a huge hit. And but I I think just to keep it going, man, like just this creates some big stakes. It, it, It adds some more legend to our villain. Go ahead, Jake.
4: Oh, yeah, I'm right there with you. It makes Kang like a tier one bad guy at that point. Like everyone just has to bow down to him. And yeah, I it's very curious, like if they were to do that, I'd be really interested in seeing if they could keep it under wraps. Like, that's the big thing. It's like people make a career out of finding out what is going to happen in these movies. Like, and that's such a big deal. So, man, if they could do the double whammy of not only killing Ant-Man off, but keeping it under wraps until that opening night. then wow, that would be shocking. Like you would think about that for the rest of your life.
2: Well, I mean, we see a lot of times studios film, you know, two or three different endings. And even if they don't, they put the rumor out there that they did. So, you know, um, we'll see what happens. It's it is it's interesting, though, that, you know, we're, they recast Cassie Lang uh, with actor um, Kath, uh, Catherine Newton. And it just makes me wonder if... They have big plans for the character outside of Young Avengers and maybe taking over the mantle. You know, starting off as as Stinger um, and then going into, you know, more of like a Ant-Man type of, of role where she kind of, you know, takes on the legacy of the character. I don't know. Do I think do I think Scott Lang's going to die in this movie? I don't. I don't think that they'll pull the trigger on it. And I, th- I agree with you, Joe. I think that they've got... They feel like they've got more longevity, that they need Paul Rudd. It's – I mean it's a that's a big swing to kill off Ant-Man in his own movie.
0: Th- yeah, about- I mean just the business side of it is is what gives me pause is because – I mean just Paul Rudd in general is such a likable human being and I mean we know that he's discovered the Fountain of Youth. So how many – God knows how many more movies they can squeeze out of the guy – but yeah, it would definitely be a much more poignant death if he was the one that was lost for precisely the same reason. He's so well loved that it would be such a gut punch to audiences. Yeah. All right. yeah. 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 And you gotta remember the movie before
4: this is the movie that they're killing off Black Panther. So they might not want to go with that one too punch either.
0: Yep, yeah, that's another wrinkle to it. I mean, it's it's absolutely tragic that we lost Chadwick Bozeman. Are they gonna voluntarily make us lose another? you know, kind of new Avenger type character in the next movie. Yeah. In the following movie. Exactly.
2: Yeah. I mean, this is just the one that's unexpected and just hits like at, yeah, because it's going to hit at the beginning of black Panther Wakanda forever that Chadwick's not in the movie. Yeah.
3: This you is make just a strong argument that uh, like, I'm sorry to interrupt, but yeah, you make a strong argument about, the impact that it would have because yeah. like you said, it does establish him as a a villain to be reckoned with. and arguably even gives him a one-up over Thanos because the only person we really saw Thanos kill off top was Loki, who people liked, but at the same time, he was more or less still kind sort of sort of a uh, villain.
2: Yeah, or, Loki, or, Heimdall. I'm trying to think.
3: Th- yeah, they uh, weren't really top tiers, but yeah, like an actual Avenger to be killed yeah. off the top by Kang. Yeah, that that, that uh changes everything
2: i mean yeah
4: and it, people seem most impressed that he beat up hulk and he didn't even kill him
2: yeah mm-hmm. and ant-man looks pretty beat up by the end
3: of this movie oh yeah he goes through it yeah there's but, one part well, where him and him and janet are side by side and he's got like a bloody nose and, yeah right.
2: yeah um we see uh scott has a it looks like scott has a an upgraded suit here. It looks like the Pim particle activator is not in the gloves of the suit anymore. It's on the center of the chest. Um, we then see him walking through the streets. He gives, uh, a kid, a high five. Who's got a an Ant-Man backpack. Um, there's a bunch of other people that are. Go ahead, somebody's. Somebody,
0: somebody. I loved how he after he gave that kid a high five, the kid like looked at his hand, like "Holy shit, I got a high five from Scott Lang!" Yeah, I wonder what like uh, music
2: they're going to be playing here, you know, and when you watch mm-hmm. that, because you know they're going to be playing some happy, bouncing music, you know. <laughs> um, one, there's yeah, the, the I think like the, the cafe owner, the coffee shop owner, mistakes him for Spider Man, which. Not everybody knows, apparently, the difference between the two insect-themed heroes, which is funny. Um, and then we jump to the family in the... It looks like they're in the basement of uh, Scott Lang's house in San Francisco. And they've recast Cassie Lang. We've got Catherine Newton now, and she's got this machine. And she shows them this piece of tech that she created. So... Now we have another brilliant teenager in the MCU. So we have, uh, we have Peter Parker. And, uh, now we have, uh, we know we're getting Riri Williams, who will be introduced into Wakanda Forever and then in her own Ironheart series. And now we've got Cassie. And she says, uh, people still need help, Dad. That's why we made this. So let's get to who she might mean when she says, we made this. Actually, let's do that in a moment. Let's let's talk about that because she doesn't say I made this. She says we made this. And. We know that this device is something that she had started to make before. Everyone came back before her dad came back. This was during the blip. So. Let's talk about the we of it now. Yeah. Who could she have been working with? on this could it have been riri williams could she have been in contact with riri over facetime could she be going to i don't know like could they both be like attending mit or could they both be a part of that uh program that the that wakanda set up in 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 new york and they met each other there and now they're staying in contact and and riri's been helping her with this machine it's 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 interesting that she uses the word "we." We made this.
0: Yeah, yeah. That's Riri's a really, really good thought, especially since that's going to be the next movie coming out. She's going to be a featured character in it, and she's brilliant. Um, the The first thought I had, had is that it could have been Hank Pym helping her work on it. Now, not during the blip, but 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 afterwards, when he came back, because we know that he was estranged from his daughter, and that caused him a lot of pain, and yeah. so I could see him getting close to Scott's daughter because this almost gives him a a chance to kind of, you know, do it again, only this time in more of like a grandfatherly role. I just and, feel
2: and, like with with to not to cut, yeah, I'm No, it's off. okay, go ahead. I just feel like with his connection with Janet and Janet's reaction to the machine and what it's capable of doing and how scared she is when she finds out what it is doing that he would have somewhere along the line somewhere along the way brought it up to janet that he's been working with cassie and
0: what what are you working on no don't fucking do that you know and <laughs> yeah <laughs> janet's reaction definitely says that if it was hank working with her it, it, he would have had to have done it quietly
3: yeah that's some uh interesting interconnective tissue that could possibly be established if it turns out that's something that she developed with reread with them communicating back and forth but i'm kind of more of the mindset of uh that joe was on where it seems like maybe that was something that there was developed possibly during the time uh during the blip while scott was gone maybe they were making some sort of attempt to try to bring him back
2: no i said that i that is established i've heard that from from reputable sources that this is something she was making to bring her dad back but right yeah And
3: and perhaps after once he did come back you know of his of his own accord Maybe she continued to work on it and maybe modified it in some some way that Janet is now fearful of. And maybe that's why she reacts in the way that she does, where, like, you did what to it? Like, no, 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 no. That wasn't supposed to. That wasn't what this was supposed to be for.
2: I don't know. I mean, she says that it's a it's a it's a satellite that is what is her exact words about the actual tech? Um. She says it's a satellite. I have it in my notes here, I swear. It's a satellite that can... Like, can... Pause. Yeah, she says it's, a, uh, it's like a satellite for deep space, but quantum. I just feel like if, if Janet knew anything, that she was working with any sort of quantum technology, that she'd instantly get freaked out and then try to put an axe on that project.
0: I mean, yeah, that's definitely the way that the trailer is saying it, is that if she had any inkling of any sort of projects in the quantum realm, she's going to be very suspect of it. I'm.
2: Here's my other theory.
0: Is that
2: she says people still need help. How does she know about people still needing help? Possibly in – it sounds like if she's working with um, – This machine, she's saying people still need help. Is she talking about, is she able to communicate with someone in the quantum realm? And maybe they're saying, you know, maybe these people are oppressed by Kang and they need help. They're trapped there. They, you know, they found themselves somehow being subatomic as well. and, And now they're trapped in the quantum realm and they need help to get out. Is she is is this, is this also a communicator and she's been able to talk to somebody? Maybe she's been talking to um, Bill Murray's character of Krylar and he's kind of like tricking her into creating this machine so they could suck him in. Maybe she's been talking to Kang himself.
4: Kang himself is exactly where I'm at with this, that he, she's being manipulated into making this machine.
2: So when she says, we made this, She's possibly talking about Kang himself, who's given her um, like maybe some of the blueprints on how to make this machine. There is this blue glowing power orb floating above it, and it makes me think of the blue on his mask. It makes me think of some it's some sort of like quantum power. Um, It's it's like. What's that?
3: I'll say now that's interesting if maybe the we is not her and re-rear, but perhaps her and somebody in the quantum realm she made like you said made contact with and that's the we and maybe like you said they're manipulating her she's thinking she's making one thing but that person on the inside is actually having her make something else and then maybe when she activates it that person on the inside sabotages it or flips whatever switch that they Yeah, And and that's what sucks them all in. It's exactly exactly.
2: That's exactly what I'm saying. It's like this is Kang's plan in order to bring Scott into the quantum realm. He needs Scott to pull to to find what was lost, what was taken from him. And this is all basically his plan to get Scott and the rest of them in the quantum realm. And I feel like I mean, if that's true, we could get a scene of uh, because we know Cassie Eventually, Cassie and Scott find their way to Kang, this this version of Kang in the movie. Uh, Cassie hears his voice and it clicks. Oh, my God. This is the person that I've been talking to.
0: <laughs> I like that because narratively, that is the straightest line to join all these characters together and to have Kang be the big bad from the start.
2: What's interesting about the blue orb that's kind of floating above this device is is it looks very much like it looks fashioned almost like there's like Kang himself later in the trailer puts like a white glowing orb in what looks like a battery it kind of glows yellowish white so i you know this is this is me doing some theorizing here if the blue power orb takes them to the quantum realm could the white orb bring Kang back to the MCU. Could this be what Scott has to steal from someone for Kang to get him back to the MCU? Could he be stealing it from the TVA? Imagine like if there's a heist that takes place like right under the nose of the TVA where Ant-Man has to steal this. Like I'm guessing if that happens we could see a cameo Of Miss Minutes in this movie, we could get a quick cameo of Loki in this movie and kind of connect Loki season two, Loki season one and two with this movie.
4: That would be a lot of fun, that scene, kind of just Forrest Gumping Ant-Man into a a Loki episode. And then you can (laughs) even play it backwards in the Loki series, you know, if it takes place during that time. Or because you know what's happening, you see something that's not even part of the story you're watching, but you know that it's going on in the episode.
0: Yeah, I like that idea, too. That would be really fun, and it would bring us back to a familiar location and, you know, just do the thing that the MCU does best, which is tying its different properties together.
2: The other thing yeah, is she she could just be
3: the whole multiverse thing as well.
2: The other thing is she could just be talking to somebody that we see later in the trailer, like somebody oppressed by Kang, um, possibly people in Chronopolis within. If we do see Chronopolis in the movie,
0: I still think that it's highly likely that it might be Kang. Um, Could it be as mundane as she's saying people still need help and she's just talking about people in the actual world and she's thinking that she's going to do something with quantum technology that's going to help them out?
2: I suppose.
0: I mean, it, I'd still like the idea that you presented better just because narratively it makes a straighter line to connect everything together.
2: Yeah. I, I, I mean,
4: I don't Yeah, what Joe's saying kind of more connects to if it was Riri, like Riri would be giving her that information that people still need help and they're working together to make this device like that would tie that more together. But I, I still really think it's most likely Kang, you know, pretending to be someone else.
2: I think that this version of Kang that we're seeing is Kang the conqueror, the the battle-scarred Kang, the conqueror, and he's been contacting her and having her make this as a way to get her and Scott into the quantum realm so that Scott could, could can free him because we know from He Who Remains in the Loki series that the Kangs were, were killing each other until there was only one left, and it was he who remains. But what if there was an extremely dangerous version of Kang that locked himself away, uh, away somewhere, like outside the rules of time, until he knew it was safe and that all the other Kangs were killed, and now he just needs a way out? And then Scott is that way out, yeah, and the the quantum realm is
4: that place where he hides yeah that's
2: that's what I'm saying, yeah,
4: like, that theory makes a ton of sense to me that that's right where I'm at with it
2: and so Kang holding Cassie hostage, and now Scott has to retrieve whatever was lost to him, and so maybe Scott at this point needs to go subatomic. To pull off this heist and go through one of the time vortexes that Janet talked about in the first Ant-Man and Wasp movie. She says, uh, no, in the second movie, excuse me, Janet tells Scott in that movie that uh, not to get sucked into a time vortex or they'll lose him. But maybe that's not a problem for Kang. Maybe Kang, probably not. Maybe Kang knows all the routes and Kang can basically... Hey, you know, go through this time vortex, do what needs to be done. I'll pull you back in. Give me what I need. And so,
3: yeah, if if Kang's been down there as long as as is theorized, then he should be a he should know everything theoretically about the quantum realm and how to safely navigate it to emerge at whatever point in space or time that you need somebody to emerge to. So Yeah, he should be able to give Scott a a direct course to wherever he needs to send them to. Retrieve something if that's the way the story goes. I don't know how. You might even have a device that does it.
2: I don't know how long he's been down there. Well, I guess we can kind of talk about that a little bit later. Anyway, Janet seems really concerned uh, about this device. She says, wait, you're sending a signal down to the quantum realm. She says, turn it off now. And fans are already uh, speculating a possible connection here. To Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, Twitter user Eternal Com- Eternals Comics said, Are Shang-Chi's rings connected with Kang and the quantum realm? A signal being sent? Technology that is not known either on Earth or in space? Uh, various ring-shaped structures at the Kang base. And um, yeah, that, that scene later in the trailer, I sent you guys, I sent Joe and Jake pictures. Uh, and then K- Kyle Brown on Twitter shows a picture of the rings in Shang-Chi and the Floating Rings in Kang's Kingdom in the trailer and says so Shang-Chi's 10 rings are definitely from Kang right they look very similar they look very similar and we do know what Captain Marvel should be investigating in her movie that beacon that was talked about at the end of Shang-Chi in the uh, in 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 the post-credit scene She's probably investigating that beacon in the Marvels. Which we've suspected that the Kree are looking for it as well. And it could be the matching bangle that Kamala Khan, Ms. Marvel would use. Possibly the Kree negabans. And it makes you wonder that is this all being set up by Kang or Kang variants as some sort of like contingency plan? Like. I don't know. It maybe I, I think this stuff. I'm hoping this stuff will be explained in the Kang Dynasty. I, I there's definitely a con- I definitely think that there's a connection between the Ten Rings and Kamala's bands. We kind of saw that played out in the Ms. Marvel series. I mean, w- there was the overhead shot, right, where that we saw the Ten Rings where the where Kamala's relatives were were kind of snooping around, right? Yes. And I could see him being the one that created the bangles that Kamala uses, creating the rings that Shang-Chi uses, uh creating variants of himself to ensure his survival, but then also seeing like this version of Kang that we're going to see in this movie being freed from the quantum realm. And then in the Kang Dynasty, going throughout different time periods and taking over civilizations, possibly seeing Rama Tut version of Kang and more. And then we might see him create the Bangles and the Rings in that, and it'll be some sort of like bootstrap paradox, and they were there all along. We're like, do you see what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah.
4: I, I was thinking maybe the Bangles and Rings are like relics from Kangs that lost in that Kang War as well. Ooh, you that's know? good. And that's how they were eventually picked up and moved around,
2: yeah, it just i don't it makes me wonder like with with the Kang dynasty. Are we going to see Kang versus Kang in that? Like, it's going to start over again. Like, this is a Mobius loop. It's going to start again. Like, this, it's destined to happen again. I just have a feeling that in the Kang dynasty, that's what we're going to see is a dynasty. When I think of a dynasty, I think of, like, winning and championships and sports. And I think, like, that's what we're going to see here is Kang, this Kang rewriting time and going through different periods and and uh, taking over civilizations. We'll see that Ramatut version of Kang. Like in this trailer, we see his kingdom. I'm jumping ahead. There's like his kingdom is like a pyramid shape and it's got floating rings around it. That pyramid shape makes me think of Ramatut. And it makes 100%. and it <laughs> makes me think that in the Kang Dynasty we will see Ramatai and I can hundred percent see somebody taking the picks from like the the high definition picks from this movie, Quantum Mania with the pyramid there, and then matching it up with the pyramid that we're going to see in Egypt, in the Kang Dynasty, and like well you know look at this, you know it, it's. I, I see all the – I don't know if, Jake, I feel like history's going to maybe repeat itself. Like I, I, I can't not see us seeing other Kang variants in the Kang Dynasty either. Yeah,
4: I agree. I agree. It's either – it's one way or the other. Like either the Kang Dynasty is what's happening right now to our present-day heroes, which to me is the less likely scenario but still possible. You know, whatever happened in the story up to this point, Kang has rewritten time to – get the end goal that he wants and now we're seeing him live out that life like that's one possibility but the other one yeah is the kang dynasty has seen like this actual throwdown from all these kangs and seeing the one that's eventually going to become the villain of this whole piece actually come into power that's what i feel like we're going to see like very much an homage to the avengers forever 12 run series which had, you know, Amortis, Kang, and Ramatut right. all in it talking yeah.
2: to each other. Yeah. Like a, you know, are we are we not going to see a council of kangs or something, you know? So, I don't know.
0: That's something that I would really like them to explore. Um even if they were to go back to that citadel at the end of time again, revisit that because there was a lot of things that Loki showed in that finale that they didn't answer. You know, like there was the the one statue that was shattered the The way that that whole citadel was, it looked like the entire thing had been shattered and then put back together with gold. Um, so de- there was definitely some sort of big battle that happened there, and I hope that that gets revisited at some point in time. Whether it's, you know, in 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 Quantum or, or one of the future movies coming up with Kang, in it. it'd be really cool to get some more backstory on what happened because if this is cyclical and it's all going to start again, the way that um, He Who Remains said it would then it would make sense that we would get back there again and that it's ultimately going to be a big bad Kang that they're going to have to do something about so that the more measured Kang, he who remains, is the one that ends up winning.
2: Yeah, or or we just get – or we just get to see that kind of stuff possibly play out in flashbacks. And then we're just dealing with our main Kang. Right. And
0: then that would work too. I I just would love to, to get some more info on, on those breadcrumbs that they laid in those episodes of Loki. And then we've got
2: our Kang who gets whatever he needs from Scott, whatever he needs from Scott is able to allow him to travel through time and create his Kang dynasty and basically rewrite history. Um, We'll see. I, I, I don't know. We'll see what happens. Uh let's jump into the quantum realm. Uh we see that they're sucked into the quantum realm. They're separated into two different groups. We've got one group with Hope, Hank and Janet and then another group with just Scott and Cassie. Janet at one point tells Hank and Hope that it's a secret universe beneath ours and I think she's just basically telling them that, you know, um it's not part of like the multiverse or anything like this is a different realm you know like we've seen different realms like in um doctor strange and the multiverse of madness we saw um uh, the realm where uh, is it the d- dark realm what is it called uh, where dormammu was living and we also saw like at the end of doctor strange and the multiverse of madness where uh, clea uh, cut a basically cut a hole through like the universe into that other realm where Dormammu was from. Do we remember Would you guys remember what that realm was I called? I do not
4: remember what the name of that is.
2: Um, and then, you know, Kamar Taj was, was, is, is, is another realm um, um, where the TVA is located, possibly another realm because it's outside of, you know, time constraints and things like that. So we've seen other realms it's not. It's definitely. It's. I don't think it's part of the multiverse per se. It's not like a a branch timeline or something like that. It's. It's. It's its own thing. So, the dark dimension. The dark dimension. Yeah. Um, and yeah, the one in Thor: Love and Thunder was the Shadow Realm. Okay. The shadow. Yes, the Shadow Realm that we see that where everything kind of just goes black and white, where they battled Gore. Um, We also see her pulling up her hood. I think it's because she does not want to be noticed here because people would recognize her. She's going to be recognizable to some of the people in the quantum realm after spending so much time there. Um, 100%. She's back in the quantum realm. Remember, uh, Janet and Hank, they worked for S.H.I.E.L.D. She was the original Wasp. He created a Wasp suit for her. And um, she was on a S.H.I.E.L.D. mission back in 1987. They had to disarm a missile. And they, they... They were the only way to do it is they were forced to shrink to subatomic level. They knew that they wouldn't be able to come back from subatomic. So Janet went subatomic and basically sacrificed herself to complete this mission. And then once she did, she was able to disarm the missile, but trapped herself in the quantum realm for decades. And so Hank spent that time studying the quantum realm and trying to find a way to bring her back and while she was there there's a lot to her story that she didn't tell Hank or anybody and she probably met different groups in the quantum realm and spent time with them i remember like the the hd shot of like what looked like a domed city and i think we're going to get into that stuff in the in in this movie and find out that there are these domed um Multiple dome cities within the quantum realm. Maybe the one we were looking at was Chronopolis or maybe it was Kang's kingdom. I don't know if you guys noticed in the trailer, though, there's certain shots where like the landscape behind uh, Janet and the landscape behind uh, Cassie and Scott, it like goes upwards. And it looks like maybe it's part of like a like a dome that they're in.
4: Yeah, be. I agree. It's got that low camera angle as well, too. Like everything's almost like the camera is laying on the ground.
2: Yeah.
3: I'm convinced. Yeah, if you could imagine that if the quantum realm is potentially as you know dangerous as it could be, that dome could be just protecting the inhabitants from whatever exists in you know, the proverbial you know, wildlands or whatever of the quantum realm.
2: I am convinced that when she lived there, she knew about Kang and for some reason she didn't warn the Avengers about his existence. And that's what we're going to find out in this movie. Um, yeah. Cause who else yeah.
0: down there? Could she be so afraid of like receiving this signal? Right. I exactly.
2: I don't think it's, I don't think it's MODOK. We know Modoc's going to be in the movie. I don't think it's MODOK. I don't think it's Bill Murray's Krylar character. I, I think it's Kang. Um, we then get a shot of some, uh, of a strange group of aliens. People are trying to speculate and find out who they are. It's a group of warriors. They all have like different, like weapons, staffs and things like that. There's one that has like this cylindrical glowing bulb type face. He is (laughs) kind of looks like one of those energy smart spiral light bulbs with a body, um, And there was a couple of sites that were reporting that they thought that it was Rom the Space Knight who Marvel had access to at one time. And I don't think that's the case. Uh, The rights of the character, as far as I know, now are with Hasbro. So I don't think it's... No
4: Rom. No Rom. They could do Space Knights, but no Rom. Um,
2: I don't think that they're... It looks like they're outside of the city, too. So I don't think they're part of any group that's located in the city. I think, like, once you're in the city, I think you're, like, probably within, you know, I think you're you're maybe part of Kang's kingdom at that point. I, I think these are people that are part of a Kang rebellion who are, like, waiting for the right time to go to war against him. And, um... That's who I, I don't think that I, I think just because they show up, they look like warriors. I don't think that they're there to fight Janet and and all of them. I think that I think they're part of a Kang rebellion.
3: Resistance um, force.
2: Yeah, uh, there's a shot of a hooded figure on what looks like uh, like a farm in the quantum realm, and there's like these giant slugs that are in the distance, and they're all looking up at the sky. Even the slugs, as as there's like this beam of bright white light that's flying through a vortex uh, out of a vortex in the sky. And then behind that white beam, there's like these three smaller beams of light falling down behind it. Um, that is either going to be Hank, Janet, and Hope as the three smaller beams entering the quantum realm and the larger beam is Cassie and Scott together, or this is a flashback Because the person's wearing a hood. We've seen Janet Van Dyne wearing a hood in this trailer. It's either, it could be a flashback of Janet Van Dyne living on the, in the quantum realm. And, and, and this is, this is Kang the Conqueror when he first arrives to the quantum realm. So she sees this, which could possibly lead her to the, uh, you know, investigating like the crash site. And for all we know, Janet could have been the first one to greet Kang when he arrives in the quantum realm. Time works differently in the quantum realm, so maybe she hasn't been there like think about this maybe she got there in nineteen eighty seven who knows when she 's there in this time period maybe he goes through he goes through maybe he goes through a vortex. Mm-hmm years and years earlier but it just takes that long for him to crash into the quantum realm we don't know how time works in all these vortexes
0: and we know that he mentions that he's somebody who's lost a lot of time also yeah so yeah if he got stuck in one of those vortexes and it just took him a while to come out that would make sense yeah I think you're right on with that being a flashback too.
4: I'm in the same camp that she is aware of Kang and for whatever reason decided not to mention it to anyone. And that's going to be a hard thing to establish with the conversation. I think for her to be that afraid and showing that much acting about how much she doesn't want the quantum realm
2: opened, we're
4: going to see that encounter
2: between her and Kang. She knows he's dangerous. She knows she got out. She knows he's trapped there. Just leave him.
4: Yeah, it's got to be more than hearsay, though, right? I mean, she has to have some kind of
3: encounter with Kang. She's, yeah, 100%. I have a question playing off that um, theory that you said. Given that uh, that we know that time and space works completely different in the quantum realm, um, and we see that all of our main characters get sucked in, seemingly within, you know, in our world at the same time, but realistically a few seconds passes in between each of them gets sucked getting sucked in could it be possible that in those little brief seconds between them getting sucked in and emerging into quantum realm that a significant amount of time not saying like years or anything like that but a, a significant amount of time could pass between their each their arrivals like say um if uh janet because we see that they clearly get separated into two groups there's janet uh, Hank and Hope get pulled in together and then Scott and Cassie get pulled in together um, could it be possible that a uh, substantial amount of time passes in between those two groups emerging in the quantum realm and some developments could happen then
2: it's possible I just think it I think it uh, it It just it's going to make it harder on the writers in the story to, to go that route okay does that make sense
3: yeah, yeah, yeah. I was wondering about I, I was saying. Like, it makes sense. Like, say that, you know, if, if Janet and them have been been sucked in. Yeah. And no, it's seeming like seconds later, but like in the quantum realm, maybe it's been months. Yeah. Have passed.
2: That's true. I, I, yeah, that, yeah. If it's just a matter of months, I could see that happening. Yeah.
3: Yeah, yeah. I'm not saying that like, you know, Hank and them have been down there for years before Scott and Cassie show up. No, but.
2: No, I think you're onto something. That could be that could be the case. Yeah. They could use that
3: for comedy too as well if that
4: was the rule. If just a couple seconds between arriving was a whole month, I could see some jokes written around those science facts. <laughs> Absolutely.
2: We we see a shot of Janet Hope uh and Hank writing What looks like a like a giant flying stingray there on the back of it. Janet's controlling it with these with these reins. Um, She's probably very familiar with her surroundings and the creatures in the quantum realm because she spent so much time there, which is why she's she's going to be probably their guide in the quantum realm. Hope asked her mom, what is it you're so afraid of? Janet, uh, Janet says, there's something I never told you. And this is probably, you know, before I thought like, you know, when we watched the D23 trailer that she was going to talk about like, oh, you know, I was in the quantum realm and I, I spent time with this guy named Krylar. Because there was this early 4chan leak that she had a relationship with with Bill Murray's character of Krylar. And there was like a, I guess a joke about them having sex and all this other shit in that link, in that leak. I, I I no longer believe that she's talking about that relationship here. I think she's talking about Kang.
0: Yeah. A (laughs) hundred percent.
2: And, uh, we then see Kang city and it looks like we talked about this earlier. It looks like it's, it looks like a pyramid made of like technology. And, uh, like, you know, that makes me think of Kang as Ramatat. Um, and there's also these floating rings that are moving around the pyramid. And we talked about those earlier and the rumored connection to the 10 rings and, and Kamala's bangles and how they look very similar. We also then see Kang has a huge army in his kingdom. Uh We see he's got some... Uh, flying ships and things like that. We also see those later in the trailer. And then we get like we get our first look at a fully realized Kang with the blue face. And he's floating on a golden platform with this circular tech floating around him. I think it's really cool what they've done here. The helmet has these three blue lights on it. And it emits a blue glow onto his face. And the scars may look like the lines that you see the character have in the comics. So he looks like Kang from the comics when you've got the blue light on his face and then the scars that light up as well. It makes him look like Kang. I think they found a really
4: super smart without like having him look like some kind of Harryhausen robot from
3: 50 years ago.
0: Yeah, (laughs) exactly.
3: And um, that was a very creative way of working around what people are expecting to see. Without having to make it look kind of hokey and ridiculous.
2: Yeah. um,
4: I thought even the poster itself that they released kind of really alluded to the blueness of it all, too, without like having his face being painted blue.
2: I think like the only shot I had seen of him before where his face was blue was at like at the very end of this trailer, you see him walking and then like the reflection of his blue face on the on the floor below and somebody had like taken a screenshot of that and then flipped it and then thrown it up online. That's the only time I had seen him blue before. And it was cool that we actually got the, like a shot of him in this trailer, as opposed to just like this. Cause when you looked at the picture that somebody posted online, it just looked like you couldn't even make out the face. It was just like this blue glow. And so (laughs) so, it made me still wonder what it was going to look like. And it looks good. Um, The uh, Jonathan Majors had a training coach for this movie, Jamie Sawyer and Jamie Sawyer and Majors have both said this. But Jamie Sawyer said that this version of Kang is the warrior version of Kang. So there was a focus on what that warrior would look like who's been around through the ages and has developed every type of combat skill. It was about making him look like an imposing figure. I think that's awesome. So if this, this version of Kang has been through all these different battles and uh, been through all these different like uh, time periods, he's learned how to fight in all these different styles as well. Not just human styles, probably alien styles as well. So it's like, this guy is is an imposing villain. Um, I want to talk about the, the golden platform that he's on. That we see kind of like floating down and then we see like the circular rings forming around it. I think this is what he needs to get out of the quantum realm. I think this is what he's going to get. He's going to either have Scott steal this thing or he needs something to power it. Like, like I've made it, I can't power it or I need you to steal this for me. I think this is, I think this golden platform is going to allow him to travel and then conquer through the multiverse.
0: Yeah. Is that going to be like his version of a quantum tunnel?
2: I think it is. I think this is what's going to allow him to travel through the multiverse. Would it
4: be like a time sled? from six one six, you know, like read makes, you know what I'm talking about there.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I think it is definitely like a version of that, where he's basically this, this is what he's going to use to, to get out of the quantum realm and, and then travel throughout the mul- multiverse. It's, and, and so it's like, how, how, how do you catch this guy at this point? If he, if, if, if if Scott gives him what he needs, I mean, the multiverse is basically his to control.
4: Yeah, he's probably got it all built too, right? Except for that one last piece that'll power the whole thing up that he needs Scott to go get for him. You know,
2: that's exactly yeah, exactly what I'm saying. Like, yeah, that's what he needs. He, and I think like if I don't know where he's going to steal it from, but the TVA kind of makes sense to me.
0: A lot of yeah, the TVA yeah. or or maybe even another Kang. But I do like the TVA idea better just to get us back into that location. I just feel like with He Who
2: Remains being the last one there, you know what I mean? I don't know if he's going to get it from another Kang,
3: right? Yeah, TVA seems to make the most sense. And perhaps, perhaps the He Who Remains probably had that in his possession at the TVA. And now with him not being there, that makes it easier for Scott to now infiltrate and steal the item.
2: Or, I mean... Could it be like we see a shot of Janet? I don't know. I don't know if this is it. I I don't know what she's doing here. There's a shot of Janet and she's at a stone wall and it's got these circular symbols around it. And it's like a rock. Yeah, like a rock stone wall. And it, it the circular symbols around it look very much like the symbols that we saw. It was an early production logo that was actually on one of the actors chairs and it was leaked online And this is when they first started filming and the symbols spelled out quantum mania. And so it's like these circles, it's, it's it's some sort of a language and um, it's like, it's almost like a safe that she's opening. And I wonder, she might be accessing something that she's hidden from Kang here or that they need. I don't know. I I really, that's one of the things I'm kind of hung up on here. I don't know what she's getting at. By opening that.
3: Is it possible? And just spitballing. But since we since the two groups are separated, is it possible that whatever she. or If we roll with the theory that um, Kang sends Scott on a mission to retrieve some item. Could it be possible that that would put him in conflict with Janet and maybe whatever if she's safeguarding some item out there? Could that possibly be where, um, what Kang needs? And at some point, Scott and and Janet could end up on a, opposing ends over this for this item, this proverbial MacGuffin per se that Kang needs. I feel like he needs Scott
2: to go subatomic and do something. I I, I just feel like it's going to come down to Scott being the thief and Scott going subatomic and going somewhere to get something for him, something that he's lost. And I think it's something that he lost outside of where he is now. Otherwise I think that he would have had like a, a way to find it.
3: Makes sense. Makes sense. <clears throat> um,
2: we see, uh, we see some shots of, uh, of them entering a bar. Um, yeah. It's, I think it's uh the Van Dynes are entering a bar. There's all these different aliens inside. We get a shot of uh, Krylar played by Bill Murray. And uh, in the D23 footage, we know that he knows Janet. Um, there's a shot of Ant-Man as Giant Man, and he's surrounded by Kang's ships that are flying around him. We see Cassie Lang's purple suit. And from the sounds of it, she's going to be going by Stinger and not Stature in this movie. Uh, there's a quote by Kang to Scott saying, I can get you home And give you more time if you help me. I think what Kang is promising Scott here is more time with his daughter. He's basically saying the five years that you missed watching her grow up, I can give that back to you. And I feel like now that he's back, he's missed so much time with Cassie that he's having a hard time reconnecting with her. And so this is going to be like a very, it's going to be tempting for Scott,
0: yeah, I think that that was the first thing my mind went to as well is that Scott wants that 5 years back where he totally missed his little girl growing up. I think ultimately
4: though he'll be able to resist. He'll realize like the wrongness of that kind of time manipulation. But I do agree there'll be that period of temptation before that happens.
2: Well, I Yeah, I think it's going to be the temptation first followed by the threat of I now I'm I have your daughter. You're going to get what I need. Regardless, <laughs> I think she's gonna be kidnapped by kank we we both we know that they that they both show up together, and I think from the d twenty three footage, if you watch that, there's a shot of Cassie being kind of like uh pinned to a wall, so I think he's gonna have her uh, as his hostage while Scott has to do this heist. um we didn't get this wild shot of Scott running. And he's in the ant-man suit and then there's this other ant-man who is in giant man form and unraveling like when like when Mr. Fantastic was sliced up by the Scarlet Witch in Multiverse of Madness we kind of see like that almost the same effect here with this version of giant man but if you look past that and you look inside of it you see a bunch of other Scott Lang ant-men running around as well so these are different Variants of Scott, I'm assuming, and maybe different versions of of Scott that that Kang is killing here. I, I don't. There's a lot going on here. Are they are they being unraveled, pruned out of existence by Kang? I don't know what's going on. Yeah, it's yeah we've definitely talked a so, trippy oh, shot.
0: I was just saying it's definitely a trippy shot. Hard to tell what's going on here, and just that we've seen these variants and Loki, and and we know that you know that's. Really likely to happen here. It'd be interesting if he has been capturing different Scott Langs, and they just keep telling him no, and so he keeps trying to find different ones to find the right pressure point to crack him with.
4: Yeah, that's. We've talked so much about seeing like all these different Kangs that uh, it's like we've never considered seeing all these different versions of anyone else like thrown together in one movie. So that that is really fascinating if we're seeing like a bunch of different ant-mans getting taken down
2: the final shot of the trailer is kang talking to scott as he says so what's it going to be ant-man and uh we know from the d23 trailer that kang wants scott to get what was stolen from him some people are saying that it's going to be Ravona Renslayer, who was his love interest in the comics, I don't think it is. I I think it's what I think he needs something to power that golden platform to get him out of the quantum realm, so he can go out and conquer and start this king dynasty. Yeah,
0: yeah, I I think that that lines up really well. I hadn't considered Ravona in all of this because with the last time we saw her at the end of Loki, she's leaving. And she's going in, presumably in search of, of Kang. And so what if Scott's able to actually resist, doesn't give Kang what he needs, but then Ravona shows up with it? Because if it is something that needed to come from the TVA, she would have been supremely placed to be able to steal something and take it with her.
2: I'm just thinking of like Loki season two, right? I, I just feel like that character is going to come back in that. I think, I don't know how connected...
0: They want to make Loki's. You know, I, you, do you see what yeah. I'm saying? It yeah. begs the question. There's all these different mm. spinning plates with this and how do they fit together?
3: <laughs> yeah. And if, if she's connected to the Loki series, but then gets pulled in with Kang, then there's kind of not much reason for her to go back to the Loki series for anything. Because if she's with Kang, then it would seem that her purpose would be along his side moving forward.
2: Exactly. Exactly. Yeah yeah that's exactly where I'm at with it uh interesting enough, we didn't get uh one of the things that I wanted I wanted that you know first h d look at Modoc didn't happen I, th- I think they're still trying to hide the fact that Corey Stahl is gonna be playing like a like a version of Modoc. I think they're still trying to hide that from us
4: i agree they're trying to it's like almost like the red skull trick that they had in uh In Endgame or Infinity War. Um, They're trying to keep that under the
2: blanket. And we do know that he was shown in the D23 and Celebration footage. We've seen the leaked photos. We've seen, you know, we've seen parts of that trailer. We couldn't get a full look, but we have seen it.
3: I think they're holding on to it for now, but I feel like they'll probably reveal it in another trailer later on. They're saving something for like a trailer number 2 or a final trailer.
2: Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, definitely it, definitely uh, probably like a week before it gets released in a TV spot, right? Mm-hmm. I'm at
4: uh, what makes yeah, me let f- everything go in those TV spots. anymore? that's what I'm saying. That's like, the real fucking danger.
2: I'm just days. saying like <laughs> in, in multiverse of madness, the TV spots basically gave us like the Illuminati. So they
3: yeah, the whole lot on those.
2: Yeah. Um, one last thing that I want to talk about, and we're going to wrap up here is, but I do want to get your, yeah, I I guess I do want you guys to rate the trailer here at the end, but we've talked about the theory There is a, there's a rumor out there that Dr. Doom is going to be in a post-credit scene in Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. And there's a, there's been a lot of speculation that, that by the end of like Secret Wars, Dr. Doom's going to be the guy kind of swooping in and defeating Kang and then being our next big bad, which I still think could happen, but hold on a lot I don't know if you guys have seen this but in the past like week actually in the past couple of days there's been a lot of talk about that uh Doctor Doom post credit scene in Black Panther Wakanda Forever not happening hold on Skyler Schuler you know big scooper online says hearing a lot of chatter today from reputable folks like BSL that Dr. Doom will not be in Black Panther 2 anymore. Have you heard anything similar? And, oh, that he was asked that, and Skylar Schuler uh, responded, heard similar chatter. Guess he was cut within the last couple of months. And then, he's not the only one. Scholar Schuler's not the only one saying that Dr. Doom's not going to show up in that post-credit scene. Another scooper, Tom Smith, Tom underscore Smith 717 said, the Dr. Doom scene for Wakanda Forever was scrapped a few months ago. No actor had or has been set. Please don't go see the movie expecting to see him. And then, um, Noobmaster69 said, there is... No post-credit scene, only a mid-credit scene, which is just a continuation of the scene before the main credits. I want to make this clear: there is absolutely no Doctor Doom in this movie, unless they do an Avengers 1 shawarma scene, which I highly doubt. And then big screen leaks also said, in a surprisingly unorthodox move for Marvel Studios, Wakanda forever. Only has a mid-credit scene. While just speculation on my end, I assume this is because they wish to pay tribute to Chadwick at the end. And then finally, the Den of Nerds claimed the Wakanda Forever Doom post-credit scene was replaced with the scene of Lucia Von Bardas just mentioning Doom and Latveria in Black Panther Wakanda Forever.
4: I buy that one least of all. I think it's either Doom or no Doom. I I don't think they're going to name drop Doom.
3: I could see them reversing course on Doom. I could see at one point maybe they had the Doom post-credit scene planned to be in there, but then changed their mind because maybe they saw the big swell of speculation about Doom and all that stuff. And perhaps they don't want Doom to overshadow Kang as the big bad moving forward, at least in this saga. Perhaps it is still possible, like you said, that Doom may swoop in and subvert Kang as the new big bad for this saga. But if they put Doom in, if we do get that post-credit scene and then there's Doom, all of a sudden, that's going to be the thing that everybody talks about now. Everybody's going to be talking about Doom. When's Doom going to show up? What's Doom going to do this? What's he doing in the background? When's he going to pop up? And then now Kang almost becomes second fiddle behind doom and maybe they don't want that outcome. And therefore they're deciding to just sideline him for a later time. It, that yeah, was
0: my I, first thought as well. Dre is that, is that they don't want to upstage Kang because I think if you were to pull a bunch of people on the street, a lot more people would know who doom is than Kang and, and they want to keep their, their focus on the main villain They might not want to, you know, upstage Chadwick Boseman as
4: well. They may they may have last minute thought, you know, maybe it's a little bit disrespectful that the number one thing people talk about when they leave Wakanda forever is the implications of Dr. Doom in the MCU. No, that's what that's exactly
2: what big screen leaks said. They said, well, speculation on my end, I assume this is because they wish to pay tribute to Chadwick at the end. So it sounds like the mid credit scene is going to be some sort of a tribute to Chadwick and and his time as the Black Panther and they don't want to take away from that.
4: That's a worthy trade off trade off, in my opinion. I, I think that's the, the right way to go. As much of a Dr. Doom, sta- Doom Stan, I am and how much I want to see that I can wait for it. Let this movie do what this movie needs to do and be kind of that therapeutic release for this character and finding out what's happening with Wakanda and, you know, the status of the Black Panther moving forward. I, I think adding Doom to a post credit sequence is, is kind of a junk move.
3: I can see them doing a mid-credit scene that is something MCU related and then putting the Chad tribute in as the post-credit scene as the last thing that people see leaving the theater.
0: I wonder if we're going to get like a Midtown High-esque like tribute video with like some some I Will Always Love You in the background. Kind of like they did in, in uh, what was that, Far From Home that they did that? Yeah,
3: yeah. I yeah. see something like, maybe not that campy, but yeah, something along. Yeah, exactly, not yeah, that campy. Yeah, maybe not that but- campy, but <laughs> yes. Yeah, I could see them doing that.
2: Uh, it'd be interesting. It. W- I'm not saying this is going to happen, but it would be interesting that if they just, if they did what they did, like with the shawarma scene, and they just, they tricked like the, the red carpet audience, like the premiere audience, that uh, it's there's nothing. And then by the time it hits theaters, then they're like, then they drop the doom in there. Like, like that was the
3: plan. I don't know. We'll see. I, well, you know what? Like, um, the red carpet premiere is tonight. So I wonder if we'll get any news coming out from that. We hundred percent will.
2: Yeah. So that is all I have. Um, I did want to ask you guys, like what you thought about the trailer. I guess we can rate it. This is our rating system. The rating system is
1: simple. If the leftovers don't like something, they toss it. If they do like something, they suggest you taste it. And if it's brilliant, it gets a Tupperware rating. If all the leftovers love it, then it gets the pinnacle of success—a Tupperware party.
2: I'm personally, I'm at a high tasted on this one because uh, I don't f- like if I stack this up against like the the. Um- the D23 and the celebration trailer that we got, I feel like the Kang stuff that we got there hits a lot harder. Um, and for as much as I loved this for like the visuals and things like that, I still think like the D23 trailer itself was funnier. Definitely at the beginning with, with uh, you know, the, the, you know, the Van Dyne's like kind of, you know, giving him shit for thinking like he's, you know, the savior of the universe. And then, and then just like the imposing Kang lines at the end of the, of the trailer. If I, if I stack it against that trailer, this one's, this one's a high taste it for me. Cause I think the, the other trailer is the better of the two. So I'm going to high taste it with this particular trailer, not saying that the movie is going to be a high taste, that movie could be absolutely incredible and get that Tupperware rating, which I think, you know, if, for to believe Jonathan Majors is as amazing as he seems to be like in that D23 trailer, um, probably will get a Tupperware rating from me, but uh, where are you at Joe?
0: Yeah, I'm also at a high tasted on this one. I thought it was a very good trailer. The visuals in it really blew me away. And, um, but I, I agree. I'm, I'm right along the same lines as you. The D23 trailer was a little bit better. I'm, I'm kind of shocked that they didn't give us that one that they, you'd have thought that, or you'd think that, that they would have been switched, that they would have given this trailer that shows a little bit less at D23, and then the one that they're offering to everybody is the one that's going to show a little bit more. Because that other one they did, it had the funnier parts in it, it had the more threatening parts with Kang. It was just a better trailer. Yeah. Even, even seen in, in shitty quality, it was still a better trailer. Yeah,
2: yeah,
3: yeah. Uh, Dre, where are you at? Yeah, um, I'm in the same realm. I'm at a high taster for this movie. Like, going into of uh, this movie. It's one of the ones that we know is on I knew it was on my radar and but wasn't necessarily didn't have a whole lot of hype and anticipation for it. Necessarily. Not that I have anything against the franchise or whatever. I've enjoyed the first two movies. But this trailer here, it increased my interest in the movie, but not necessarily my hype level for the movie. So I'm I'm much more curious about the movie than what I was beforehand. But it's not quite it did this trailer didn't elevate it to the point where it's like oh now i can't wait to see it if i if that makes any sense
2: no it makes perfect sense yeah yeah jake where are you at
4: i'm at a low taste it on this trailer um the plot has me very intrigued like if i was rating this trailer on like how excited the story has me it would be a high taste it but i don't know i i didn't much care for this trailer i'm a little bit disappointed in the artistic direction of the quantum realm and how everything looks. I, I don't know. I The visuals honestly didn't do much for me, and I don't know. It just felt a little bit lacking imagination in how that other world looked between the place looking like a Star Wars cantina bar ripoff to just how all the backgrounds looked. I, I don't know. I, I was not wowed by the artistic direction and look of the quantum realm like I wanted to be the first time I saw it.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's not... Uh... You know, it was pretty boring. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean if you compare it to like what we've seen in Guardians. Guardians has it beat. I, you know, f- seeing that first you know shot of nowhere, you know that giant celestial head in the fucking, you know, cosmos. I was just like, holy shit, you know. Uh, yeah, and that movie's five years older than this movie. I know, but maybe they're not. They're not giving us, you know, showing this, you know, their full hand. Hopefully yet. not. So hopefully not. That's kind of where I'm at coming from it i i don't i don't think they're showing us their full hand yet but who knows um uh, as long as the story's there I'm, I'm i'm gonna be fine i i want there to be a good story and and, and actual stakes in this and and we'll see when the movie comes out yeah, but I, uh, I
4: completely agree with you to me it looks like i'm more intrigued by this ant-man movie than any previously before it but i was a little bit disappointed by
2: lackluster visuals in this trailer i'm gonna toss it if there's no doom post-credit scene how about that
4: (laughs) i want i want the words in memory of chadwick boseman to show up and then doom to just obliterate them
2: you know it's like i'll give i'll give uh i'll i'll give black panther kind of the the tupperware and then if it doesn't have it the post-credit scene i'm just gonna give this movie a, a toss it how's that that makes no sense yeah just 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 that i have to direct my anger somewhere and it's going to be unfortunately quantum mania (laughs) so yeah
4: it could be an easy (laughs) place to direct your anger by the time it's all said and done
2: (laughs) oh man no i'm excited for the movie hits february that is all we have i want to thank uh jake i want to thank you for joining us on the bonus uh joe where could people find you man thank you for joining us on this one too
0: Yeah, you can find me on StartCast, my uh, podcast I do. We're having just long-form conversations, generally one-on-one with people, and new episodes drop every Saturday.
2: And Dre, where can people find you, man?
3: Yeah, you guys can find me on PCW Podcast, that's Podcast Championship Wrestling. Um, We recently uploaded an episode taking a retro look at WrestleMania 20. I am not on that particular episode, but I will be on other episodes moving forward, and those guys have done an excellent job looking at uh, that past rep um, pay-per-view. And outside of that, you can find me on Discord and either the PCL Discord or PCW Discord as Outlaw Star.
2: All right. Awesome, guys. Uh, yeah, we, I, we're we going to be throwing up another episode with possible Quantum Mania spoilers. If you want to stay spoiler free, don't listen. But if you're not opposed to possible spoilers, I'm not saying this stuff is going to happen possible spoilers that are out there then listen to that episode. All right, guys, see ya! Later. Thanks for listening to Pop Culture Leftovers.
0: Congratulations! I don't know how you did it. I couldn't do it. You people need a t-shirt saying, I just listened to two hours of nonsensical crap. Anyway, if you'd like to reach the Pop Culture Leftovers cast, you can email them at comments at popcultureleftovers.com you can also follow them on Twitter at PC Leftovers or like their Facebook page. They'd love to hear from you. They're all pretty sad and lonely. One of them is homeless, but I didn't say that.
1: There's already like 7 million podcasts. talking about pop culture and all that. Makes us happy like shooting at a Womp Rad. But it's all been done before. We don't want to be a copycat. We're the leftovers picking up the scraps. I'm outside the cool kids it, it, it's a trap good to toss it, good taste it. do we love it hey let's race it can you race it lesson breaks up wear party culture spill over like a voucher carry over culture culture like brush up culture uncool kids what's to this say it's already been said up yeah. pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this hot culture leftovers over it, good and it, do we love it? Hey, let's fix it, clean embrace it, let's embrace the tougher wear Subculture spill over like a vulture carry over to culture, push over pop, pop culture left over Uncool kids. What's this day's already been said? Left you sure that the Only talent is the band that's singing this pop culture left over. Do we love it? Hey, let's face it, can't erase it, let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture, carry over, counterculture, over pop culture leftovers. And we uncool kids. What's to say's already been said? Leftover, sure. That the only talent is the band that's singing this pop culture leftovers.